everyone, I'm your host Josh, and you're listening to The Batcave, where we talk about movies for everyone. So if you haven't already, make sure to follow me on Spotify so you can stay up to date on new and upcoming episodes, and also follow me on Instagram. So your support, it's highly appreciated, so thank you. So in this episode, we'll be covering the movie Troy. So I'm really excited to discuss this movie because it's one of my favorites, my all-time favorites. Um, these type of movies actually got me into this genre at a really young age, you know, from my dad, actually. So I'll get into that. So this movie has Brad Pitt, which, you know, everybody knows who Brad Pitt is. Um, it has Eric Bana, which he actually played Hulk back in, I think it was 2004 as well. And then it has Orlando Bloom. He played um, in Lord of the Rings and a lot of well-known movies as well. So the director of the film, it's Wolfgang Peterson. He worked on The Perfect Storm, movies like Air Force One, and In the Line of Fire with Clint Eastwood. So he definitely, you know, is a well-known um, director. And then the music for this movie was actually composed by James Horner. So definitely well-known uh, music composer. He's worked on a big projects like Avatar, Titanic. He's also worked on Braveheart. So big budget films there. And then the synopsis of this film, it's basically about the Spartans and the Trojans. So they're celebrating together for peace. And then uh, Trojan prince, Paris, he falls in love with Spartan king Menelaus, his wife. And he basically secretly brings her back with him to Troy. So he's getting in a lot of trouble. Um, you know, and at the same time, they're trying to make peace with the, with the Spartans. And he's taking the king's wife. So when uh, King Menelaus finds out, he comes to his brother, King Agamemnon, which he already conquered, you know, basically all of Greece. And uh, Troy is basically the only one left that he hasn't conquered. So the king uses his brother's rage to wage war against Troy, which would be the last kingdom he would need to defeat and rule all of Greece. So he uses the legendary warrior Achilles to join him in this battle. So this battle would be the greatest battle ever fought. So when I first saw the trailer, um, my dad actually uh, showed me this trailer. It was a teaser trailer, and usually I'm the one that's showing them, you know, the movies that are coming out, um, or like the best movies that I'm looking forward to. They're the ones that are like, oh, really? There's a trailer for that now? Like, I'm always the one that would be spot on when I, when I used to live with them, of course. And I would show them, like, hey, like, guess what's coming out, you know? And I, I would know like two years in advance. So I was always on top of it. But this time, surprisingly, for this movie, my dad showed me the teaser trailer. It was awesome. It actually showed the entire Greek fleet or the, the Greek army fleet sailing towards Troy with some epic music. So yeah, it was just, it looked epic. And the ships that were sailing towards um, Troy, it was like a thousand ships. So the cast, the movie, the scenery, and the battle scenes shown in the trailer just let me know alone that this movie would be epic. So besides the movie, the trailer delivered as well. Um, it easily, you know, showed the viewer that hey, this is going to be something for for like, this is going to be something that's not going to be forgotten. Like it's going to be epic. It's worth to go to the movie theater to watch it. Like it was an awesome trailer, and that was just the teaser trailer. Usually, though, interestingly, uh, um. Teaser trailers actually are better than the actual full trailer sometimes because it gets you hyped. It like it kind of just like it literally teases you to the point where you're just like, man, like what's gonna happen? Or 
like that. I mean, just when they show just enough, that's all you need to get excited for a movie. Like when they show too much in a trailer, obviously, you basically like some trailers show the whole movie, and that's kind of irritating because it's just like, all right, what's the point of getting somebody excited if if you already showed him so many so many damn scenes already, you know? So yeah, that was a definitely a good teaser trailer. So going to some fun facts. So Brad Pitt and Eric Bana, which is the guy that uh, played Hulk, um, in two thousand four. So they actually didn't use stunt doubles during their epic fight during the movie. So they actually agreed each other, or I'm sorry, they, they agreed to pay each other if one of them accidentally hit each other. So $50 for light hits and then like $100 for hard hits. So that's like a gentleman deal. <laughs> that's pretty, that's like a deal for gentlemen's because they're literally like saying, say, if I hit you by accident, hey, I'll pay you $100 or I'll pay you $50 for each blow. Not everybody can make those, you know, deals. Obviously, they make a lot of money. So, but that's pretty, that's like a gentleman's deal. That's cool. So Brad Pitt, by the end of the fight and the choreography, he actually owed Eric Bana $750 by the time they were done. And then Eric Bana, um, this is interesting. Eric Bana didn't, you know, end up owing him anything. So Eric Bana didn't mess up really, or he like he was spot on when it comes to the choreography because he didn't hit him by accident for real. But Brad Pitt, on the other hand, I mean, you can only imagine how many hits, you know, he uh, gave Eric Bana because he had to pay him 750 bucks. That's, man, that's rough. So Brad Pitt, he trained his body for six months to get into basically Greek statue shape for this role. And it shows. So he, he actually struggled and said it was torturous because he had to quit smoking because he, was, he had to get into like the top shape for this movie. I, I had no idea he even smoked. I mean, somebody that's in his shape and has to be healthy and you know stay physically informed, I never imagined him being a smoker, but hey, you never know. So he actually, he also ironically tore his left Achilles tendon during filming. So if you don't know who Achilles is, or you're not familiar with his character, then just watch the movie and you'll actually understand the reference. But if you do know who, who Achilles is, and you're, you're familiar with his story, then that's ironic. <laughs> like he tore his Achilles tendon during filming. Interesting. So Garrett Hedlund, which is um, Achilles' cousin in the movie. He won the role of Patroclus one month after landing in LA to basically pursue his acting career. So that's, that, that's impressive. I mean, it's competitive. Everybody's trying to be an actor. Everyone wants to be famous. Everybody wants to land all kinds of roles. And even current actors that are well-known are still auditioning for, you know, for big budget films. So the fact that he won the part is impressive. That's, that's really cool. And how fast he got it too. And then interestingly enough, so Christopher Nolan was offered to direct the movie. Although I, I wouldn't have wanted that to happen, but it's interesting to think about that. Like, um, imagine he did, you know, direct the movie and how, how it would have played out. So that, that's something to think about, you know? So everything that happens is obviously meant to be. So I'm glad that he didn't direct the movie because, you know, it wouldn't have, you know, made the end result that, that, that it had now. And it wouldn't have been what it is today. So, but to think about it, it's, it's cool to think about like, huh, it's like cool to wonder 
how this movie would have came out if Christopher Nolan made it. Interesting. And I'm a huge fan of Christopher Nolan, by the way. Obviously, he did all the Batmans. But anyway, different topic. So another fun fact, all the male cast had to wax their chest for the movie. So that must have been like painful and, you know, just inconvenient. So some highlights of this movie, like the main highlights, the opening battle. Definitely. So the opening battle is definitely a highlight of this whole entire movie. So the battle between Achilles and a huge intimidating warrior was impressive and unexpected for sure. So it's slick and brutal simultaneously. So every time I watch it, it never gets old. The battles throughout the movie are intense and epic. And it's a large scale action movie. So it immerses you into the movie itself. So you feel the realism and intensity when watching it. And that's what movies are all about. Like, that's why I'm into the surround sound. That's why I'm into humongous screens. And besides the movie theater, like if, if I could, I'll go to Best Buy, use my Best Buy credit card and buy a freaking 80 inch, 85 inch Samsung or uh, what's that? What's that other brand? I can't remember right now, but I would buy a humongous TV. I like to be immersed in what I'm watching because it basically, you know, it, it plugs you into the film. I love surround sound and I, I get that from my dad and, and it was hard, you know, just a side note beside, you know, you know, uh, well, like coming back to the highlights, but a side note, like I would watch, like my, my dad got me into the whole surround sound and epic scale and Hey, it has to be like this. And this is how we watch movies. And then my mom, I love my mom. <laughs> But she would always like turn it down or she would be like, she would get anxiety because it was too loud. And so she would always come and like turn down the knob of the speakers of the surround sound speakers. And we'd just be like, mom, like, like, come on, just let us enjoy this. Like this movie is epic. It's perfect. Like it's not too loud. It's a perfect volume. And she would be like, no, Nino, <laughs> no, it's too loud. And I'm just like, oh man. But my, me and my dad, when we were home alone and say if my mom went to the store, or she, she wasn't home, we would be like, all right, let's put it loud. Like, let's put it, let's, 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 let's like, you know, turn up the volume how we want. Right. And watch the movie how we want. <laughs> um, man. Yeah. And then it's crazy now being married, you know, I'm not living with them at, at, you know, anymore, obviously. So it's like, it's different now, you know? And then now with my wife, it's cool because she doesn't mind how loud it is. That comes when, when it comes to my gaming and that comes to like just movies in general. She actually doesn't mind the surround sound. So, so I have peace with that because my mom would give me anxiety just knowing like, dang, she's going to say something about the volume. Like, sh here she comes. <laughs> oh, man. Anyway, going back to the highlights. So it immerses you into the film. It brings you into the experience. That's what movies are all about especially movies like this, that it's a war movie. It literally sucks you into the experience. Like you forget, like you're even sitting in your living room. You know what I mean? That is what entertainment's all about. That is what I love about this stuff. So the, the, uh, another highlight is the end battle and the conclusion. It's original. It's unexpected. It has a lot of grief and surprises. And I love talking about the whole thing, but I can't because that'll spoil it. 
for you guys, the ones that the people that haven't watched it, um, that that are listening. So, so why is it good? The cast is perfectly cast, amazing acting, every character and role is believable, and it's easy to take this movie seriously. You know, there's some movies where just like, did he just say that? You know, or like, that's not realistic, or why, 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 who wrote this? <laughs> you know, like. No, but this movie, it's, it's believable. It's easy to take seriously. Beautiful movie sets. I love Greek mythology, by the way. I mean, the movie sets are beautiful. All the big statues with, you know, the Greek gods that they believed in at that time. It's just, I love that stuff. It reminds me of God of War, too. That's another topic. But beautiful sets. And the scenery doesn't really require so much CGI. Although they did use it. But instead, they actually used real locations instead of movie sets. So they actually filmed in uh, Mexico, in Cabo, and then also the Mediterranean Sea. So that's beautiful. Yeah, that alone. It's, it's really nice to see where they filmed, and it just gives it more realism, you know? But plot twists, a few plot twists throughout the movie, including betrayal, death of, you know, unexpected characters, and especially towards the final act of the movie. Nothing more to discuss there. I don't want to spoil anything. I hate spoilers, so um, I don't want to leak that to anyone that hasn't watched this yet. And then memorable moments. Um, this goes back to the opening battle and fight scene. I'm going to keep going to that. Even though I've repeated it multiple times, I'm going to keep going back to it. It's memorable. Honestly, it's impossible to forget. It's a legendary scene that it's, it's easily in the movie history books. It's sick. And then also when the Greeks arrive in Troy, I mean, the fact that they just use that scene to show it in the, you know, teaser trailer, it's a sick scene. It literally is, it sounds cheesy and like, I don't even talk like this, but it's jaw dropping for real. The amount of ships that they have and the amount of soldiers for the war is massive and it's vast. It's literally the biggest army I've ever seen in a war movie. Of course, besides Lord of the Rings and movies like 300, that's a whole nother level. That's like, yeah, that's a whole nother level. And then costume design, it was good. You know, they didn't exaggerate the wardrobes like in some movies. Um, it looked like it was from that actual time. So my, my favorite part of the costume design was Achilles and his armor and the style of his shield and his weapons and his spear and his sword. It, it, it just looks legit. Um, the music score, definitely a great music score. I mean, it fits the movie perfectly. The music is important since it enhances each scene and it gives the scenes intensity, you know, and it gives it tension, excitement, especially during the battle scenes. You know, that's what brings, you know, this movie or any movie to life. It really like gets your, you know, your blood flowing. You're just like, oh no, like, uh oh, you know, something's gonna happen. You know, the, the 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 music kicks in and nothing's happening yet, but you know by the tone of the music, you're just like, oh, something's gonna go down. You know, for example, like in the Dark Knight, when you hear that like, like chilling music score of of the Joker, but you don't see him in the scene yet, you're just like, oh man, something's gonna go down, or the Joker somewhere. <laughs> He's about to blow somebody up or something, you know? Anyway, so the box office. So the gross income this movie made was $497.4 million. So they made a lot of money. And the production cost, 
it was 185 million. So they definitely made their money's worth. I always like to see that because I can't even imagine. I'm, I'm not here saying that I'm a movie expert. I just love it. And I love what uh, the things that I know. I'm not saying I know it all about movies. But what I do know is that I love them. I love how they're made. And I love to break down and like get into the details of how they're made when it comes to music, cinematography, screenplay, the script, how they, it's, it's interesting how they like put it all together, you know, that, go, that comes with every movie. So the critic reviews, um, so Rotten Tomatoes gave it a 54%. That's pretty low. I mean, and like I said in my first episode, Rotten Tomatoes is a, is a tough, you know, critic, um, to, to please, you know, they, 54% is, is, a, is really low for this movie. I mean, again, I think Rotten Tomatoes is just picky. Like, they critique movies based on their standards and their perspective, which everybody, that's the point of this podcast. You have your opinion, and everybody's opinion is valid. But I'm not bashing them, but I don't understand their opinion because it's so harsh. It's like 54%, that's low for this movie. This movie's like, this movie was one of the greats, you know? But then again, that's my opinion. <laughs> Metacritic gave it a 56%. Still not so high. I mean, at least give it a 70, you know? But that's my opinion. IMDB gave it a 7.3 out of 10. That's, that's better. Okay. And then uh, fan reviews, there we go. So they gave it a 4.4 out of 5. That's more like it. So that's, that's pretty up there. Yeah, that makes sense. So my expectations. I walked into the theater open-minded when I first watched it. I expected it to be good since it had a great cast. And just from the trailer, it impressed me. And my parents are the ones that actually showed me the trailer because my dad was so impressed um, when it showed the Thousand Ships with that epic music score approaching. Or that, that epic music score approaching the Trojans. So it looked amazing. And my dad is, is the one that got me into these war movies in the first place. So the movie won my excitement by his excitement for it, basically. So unexpected outcomes. I had a few unexpected outcomes, um, especially during the end. But, you know, you'll, you'll need to watch it to see what they are, especially towards the middle and the final act. Can't say any more without spoiling the movie, so I'll just leave it at that. But those are my only unexpected outcomes. Is it rewatchable? So this came out in 2004. So I still watch it from time to time till this day, to this day. And I never get tired of it. So it's, it's easily rewatchable. And important thing that I want to add to each movie I discuss. So is this for, mo for or, I'm sorry, is this movie for kids? It's not for kids. The violence is brutal. I mean, it's war. <laughs> There's also a good amount of nudity. Um, especially one scene, you know, in particular. So if you want to watch this with your kids, um, this nudity scene is mainly in the beginning of the movie. So close their eyes and forward it for the nude scenes, okay? Or I advise you to. So the movie's message. This is really, really important when I watch a movie. And I think I, I mainly got this from my mom <laughs> and my dad. Like, hey, like this movie has a good message. You know, this basically metaphorically tells you this, you know, and this is what you learn from it. Even if it's a bad metaphor, at least you learn something, right? So the movie's message to me is you always have to make a sacrifice any angle you approach life. 
So you can't really have everything you want and expect no consequence. One main conflict in this movie that stands out to me is having to choose between living a long life to find a spouse and raise a family, living a modest life, you know, being happy. Or choosing your deepest ambitions and goals to achieve what you want in this world. And in this case, in this movie, to achieve glory. And that glory and end goal may cost you your soul and your life. So that's the, mo- that's the message that I got from this movie. And when you watch the movie and see what happens to the main characters and, you know, what they go through and their conflicts and, you know, kind of dilemma of what decision to make, what path to, to take, you'll see that in the movie. You'll see that they struggle with what path to take because they want both, but they can't have both. They have to choose one or the other. So is this movie relatable to me or my life? Um, this is related to the movie's message. So everyone has a choice in life. And there are, you know, good outcomes or consequences attached to those cho- to the choices that people make. So I think everyone can relate to this movie regarding Achilles being stuck with two choices that can define or destroy his life and his future. So, but then again, there's some risks that are worth taking as long as it doesn't, you know, risk your, your life or your family, you know? Did I cry any time during the film? I actually did tear up in a certain part where one of the characters uh, die. And the way the father grieves over his son, and I'm not talking about a specific father, okay? Just a random father grieving for his son. The way that the father grieves over his son dying is heartbreaking. And it's really deep. And the way he grieves, it's really transparent. And the way he grieved in this movie, I can't explain it. It just, it, it just got to me. And it gets me every time. Like So it, it was very well done. And um, I wanted to add uh, a new addition to my episodes, and it's called the Goosebump Experience. So I know I mentioned this twice already, but the opening scene and what happens as the end result literally gives me goosebumps and definitely a scene worthy of the Goosebump Experience. So that's when you witness a scene or something that gets you so hyped and excited that you just get goosebumps all over your body all at once because what you just witnessed was so sick that you just get a reaction of awe. You're just like, whoa, like this is like, I don't even use this word, but this is lit. This is sick. This is epic. Like, am I, is this really happening right now? Let's do this. Or at least that happens for me with certain movies or epic scenes. I get the goosebump experience. <laughs> Perfect example is the Dark Knight, okay? And the scene where the Joker completely destroys the Batmobile and starts to get away as Batman is pursuing him. So just when you think that Batman is done and he can't really chase the Joker anymore because his Batmobile is trashed, or his Batmobile, his Batmobile is trashed, um, it's basically useless. And, you know, so Batman initiates a detachment of the broken and unusable Batmobile. And within it, he deploys something called the Batpod. So he launches it off in a really epic way. And the leftover Batmobile self-destructs. And then he continues to, to pursue the Joker. 
I'm getting goosebumps talking about this right now. It was relentless and epic. I feel the goosebumps now. That's why I, this is the literal goosebump experience. It's it's real it's real special when that happens, and I get I got goosebumps talking about this right now. <laughs> um, it was relentless. It was epic, and that Batman music score kicked in as soon as it happened. So probably one of my favorite scenes of all time, hands down. Anyways. Anyways, overall review for Troy. If I get too much into Batman, I'm gonna forget about Troy, and I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna, you know, be talking about, you know, Batman the whole rest of the episode. You know, I'm just kidding. All right, overall review. This movie delivers in acting. The acting is great. The casting choice. These guys, man, I bet it's hard to get all the auditions that come, and from well-known actors, I imagine. And have to pick one. <laughs> That's tough. Um, the topics that they present, um, which are love, war, grief, and glory. You know, I love those are awesome topics and they really cover on all of them. When a movie has all those topics and they really get in depth with it, it's a great movie. It's, it's, it's really worth watching. So every character plays their part very well. The screenplay and script is spot on and so realistic. The, the script, it, I mean, you can have a great cast. And then if the script is trash, then there's no point in the great cast. It's just a fail. But yeah, the scene execution and cinematography are beautiful and impressive. The storytelling unfolds nicely and has just the right pacing. The battle scenes, or I'm sorry, the battle, yeah, the battle scenes are amazing just to look at. It's on a huge, epic scale that delivers every time, in every way. And then one sentence to think of on the spot that sums up this movie for me. A legendary, romantic, bloody, unforgettable epic. And then the overall rating for this movie, I give it a 9.8 out of 10. For sure. So. That's basically it. I, you know, I really hope that you enjoyed this episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you have any requests on what you'd like me to cover next, go ahead and submit them on my Instagram at the underscore Batcave underscore podcast. And I'll see you guys next time on the Batcave.